0: My name's Nat, and my surname's Gillet, um, which is a clue. I'm related to Flicks. I'm his younger brother, believe it or not. Um, we don't look anything like, do we? But... Um We are related. I'm a graphic designer. Um, I grew up here in the church as a teenager and then I went away when I was about 19, 20 to university on the south edge of London. I spent 15 years there working as a designer and training and things and then me and my wife came back last September. That's Connie and I've got two small children and we live in Rustington. So hopefully that fills in a few little blanks for you. Um, Okay. It's up there, brilliant. Um, so we're carrying on our theme of um, God is building here, and as you're aware, we've been doing a mini-series about the toolbox recently, and we've been spending a bit of time looking at the gifts of the Spirit, which has meant we've been in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're not going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today, um, but we're going to be looking at the theme of encouragement. Um, Now we're going to be in 1 Thessalonians and I love the book of 1 Thessalonians, in fact I read it very quickly this morning just to sort of recap on the whole book and it's one of Paul's letters um, sent to the church in Thessalonica in Greece and it's one of the earliest, could it well be one of the earliest book we have of the early church in the New Testament and it's fascinating because God obviously is speaking then and he's still speaking through it today. Um, So we're gonna. If you've got a Bible, anyone got a Bible, do turn to one Thessalonians chapter five. We're gonna start at verse eleven. It's really the verses that Emily read a moment ago, but if it's okay, I'd like to um, read them to you again. So they should appear on the screen. Hope it's not too small. So starting at verse eleven, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters. To acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other and we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good, reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do do it. Let's pray for one moment. Father, I ask that you would speak to us. We thank you for your word and we pray that you would speak to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, if you were to look at the whole passage, I've left half a verse there grayed out at the top. You'd see at the end of chapter 4 and the beginning of chapter 5, Paul's theme has been the return of Jesus. Um, And it's almost as if this idea that Jesus is going to return, life as it is, is going to end one day. From that, Paul Jumps, really. So if we have the next slide up, guys. So this verse is almost like a link, a link to what has gone before. And then Paul is running into this bit now, saying, because Jesus is going to return, because your life will end as it is one day at the moment, and Jesus will return to judge and renew all things, encourage one another, encourage one another. A couple of months ago, um, I got a voicemail, I missed the phone call, but I got a voicemail um, from a guy I know, Um, and uh, he's linked with a charity that I do a fair amount of design work for, and I've even been on trips with them in the past, and um, I picked up this voicemail, and unfortunately on one of their latest trips, there'd been a um, a tragic car accident, and uh, the person who'd been driving the car, who was on this trip, had, had died, and the rest of the people in that car had been injured. And as what happens when you get news like that, I put the phone down and uh, I was shocked and saddened and, and sobered up really. And it made me re- think about the things that had gone on that morning. I thought about the argument I'd had with Connie. I thought about the fact I'd done breakfast for the kids and they were really frustrating. I thought about the work I was doing and how I wasn't really into it that day. I thought about some of the other people who maybe. I've been holding things against and I just thought, that could have been me on that trip. That could have been Connie getting a phone call to say something tragic had happened and it put everything in perspective and I thought, goodness me, how can I hold on to these things against the argument I have with my wife or the, my kids being frustrated, just being kids, my work or the people I've, who've hurt me over the years, I've got to let go of that. Goodness me, life could be over, I've got to let go of that, I've got to be, let go of it and be encouraging. So hold on to bitterness. And this is what the return of Jesus can do, actually. Think about our lives. I said it already a minute ago, but even if you're not a Christian, your life will be over one day. So all of us, it's a wake-up call to sober up. Let go of bitterness and be encouraging because without being too blunt, one day it's going to be too late. And you don't want to get to the end of your life and hold on to bitterness against people this is a bit serious start isn't it for my first talk (laughs) Um, but you know Christianity isn't a shoulder massage Christianity gets in to the corners of our life that perhaps we'd rather it didn't get into and I love that about it, I love that Jesus challenges me on the things I, I know are not okay and I'd rather stay hidden, Jesus gets in there and he challenges us and he says because of this reality sober up Start putting those things right. Where's the next slide? Here we go, some mega blocks. Are you familiar with mega blocks? Love a mega block. Um, If you don't remember anything else from today, I'd love you to remember this. And you've probably seen it. I've got two young children, one of them's three and a half, the other one's almost two. The one who's three and a half builds something with mega blocks. The one who's almost two comes and knocks it down. Seen that? Yeah. It takes time and effort, doesn't it, to build things up? Maybe 10, 15 minutes to build a nice mega block uh, tower. And then Jemima comes along, and in half a second, whoosh, it's gone. It takes time to build things up, and it's really easy to knock things down. Doesn't take any time at all to knock things down? And that principle, it takes time and effort to build things up, and it takes no time at all to knock things down. You know, it doesn't just run across children's toys, does it? It's relationships your businesses, your sports team, your church. If you don't remember anything else, remember this. We want to be people that build things up. But if we're going to do that, it takes time. It's not easy. It takes effort. Paul says, encourage one another. That's our next slide. That's the overarching theme. In the message, it says this, of this verse. So speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so it will be together in this. No one left out. No one left behind. I know you're already doing this. Just keep on doing it. But what does this look like in real life? I believe as we work through this passage, Paul gives us two real examples that we're just quickly going to look at. So the next slide, verses 12 to 13. Now, we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. So you see, I've highlighted it there. Leaders. Paul says we need to encourage our leaders. Now, I've not, actually, I'm not chosen to speak on this. It's just in the passage. We're just encountering it here. But um, if I can... So how do you feel about the leaders of this church? how do you feel towards them? what are your emotions towards the, the people who lead this church? and are you using your words in private to build them up or to knock them down? that's a fairly serious question is it, one for us all to think about because what I'm not saying is it's, ha- you know, it's absolutely fine to disagree it's absolutely fine to have questions it's absolutely fine um, to not have to go along with everything. In fact, I would encourage that. A healthy community isn't a community that every, everyone's the same. It's where we can discuss things. It's where we have difference of opinion. It's where we can ask questions. But, and I also know that people, people get hurt in church. People get hurt, and I know that, and I'm sorry when that's happened. Um, but can we begin to move away from criticism? Can we begin to look... Our leaders in the eye and say, I am for you, I am for you. Those things, maybe today, it's time to let go of that. Because honestly, bitterness will hinder us as a community, it will hold us back, it will alter the atmosphere in a negative way as a church. We need to be letting go of bitterness and things that you may have against the leaders of this church. It's tough leading a church. I led a small church on a council estate for eight years before I came here and I can tell you, one of the hardest things I've ever done. It is so hard. So let's be people who encourage our leaders. It's a tough job leading a church. Let's be people who encourage our leaders. A little verse. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Um, that's funny I'm not used to speaking in churches where you get clapped like that so that's lovely um, a little verse I have in my mind when I'm dealing with the children and, and in my married life and let's be honest with you here those things aren't easy are they um, is Philippians 2 verse 14 and it says this do everything without grumbling or complaining do everything without grumbling or complaining. And that is a challenge, isn't it? That is a challenge to me when the children are, kick, are kicking me in the face. Uh, it's a challenge. To, Connie doesn't kick me in the face. Um, it's, a, you know, it's a challenge. Do everything without grumbling or complaining. Okay, the second group that Paul highlights in verses 14 to 15. We shan't, shan't read those. But it um, says, Encourage the disheartened and help the weak. The second group that Paul says need encouragement, are the disheartened and the weak. And I don't know, you know, being disheartened and feeling weak, that can come in so many ways, can't it? It can be something that's permanent and it's ongoing all the time, or it can just be a season that you're in. Um, And encouragement, when we're feeling weak or discouraged, can be like a glass of water, can't it, when you're thirsty. It can give you life and it can cause you to grow. Um... Now it's funny I'm here doing this talk, because when I was a teenager, we, I don't think we met in this hall, we probably met in the old sports hall, but um, I can remember a time and uh, when I was about 19, and I went home from church, uh, and I was fairly shy, quiet um, chap when I was 19, well, still a bit like that today actually, but... Um, I went home from church and I was chatting to my mum and dad in the lounge there at our house and uh, we'd had lunch and I was just saying to them, and I must have got quite emotional about it because I remember crying as well, I remember saying to them, after church I just feel so rubbish, I just, I stand there with my cup of squash or tea, whatever I am having. I don't know what to say to people, I feel like my social skills are really bad, I just... I don't, when people say I, 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 just, I just feel really weak when it comes to small talk, and, and after church particularly, I feel I'd rather just go home. <laughs> I feel so rubbish. Oh, and my mum and dad did their best to comfort me, or whatever. And uh, I can't remember what it was, but there was an event on that evening down the beach. It wasn't the cutting edge ones; it was, it was a smaller one than that on the green. And um, somebody, a guy who's not here now. Um, he came up to me and just put his arm around me. He didn't know what had been going on. He didn't know I cried on my mum and dad that afternoon about my social skills. Um, but he came up, put his arm around me and said, How are you doing, That? How are you doing? Really good to see you. And do you know that meant the world to me, <laughs> given the context of that day. It meant the world to me that someone like that would come up to me and say, How are you doing? And it was a tiny thing, but I can still remember it today. Oh my, I'm 35 now, so 16 years later, I can still remember that one incident. And you know, um, encouraging people doesn't have to be big things, does it? It Doesn't have to be huge, but small acts of kindness can have an incredibly powerful and have a big impact. But it might be that you are feeling weak um, today. You might, you might, be that person who feels weak and discouraged, um, and. I don't know why this happens, but so often as Christians we can feel like a failure, can't we, when we feel weak? We almost feel like God only uses strong, cool, good-looking people or something. I don't know, something stupid. Um, And you might feel weak and disheartened or discouraged. Um, And I want you to know God isn't put off by your weakness. God wants to use you. God's plans for you haven't changed If you're feeling like a failure today, I want to encourage you. I have felt so weak over the years. So many things that God has changed me and made me feel stronger in. But, you know, weakness doesn't mean that God has forgotten you or he's left you or he's given up on you. God often is looking. I say God is looking for weak people. I don't know if I would say that, but I think God is looking for people who will let him in, who will be vulnerable with him. And your weakness is not putting him off. He is so committed to you. So it doesn't have to be huge things, small things often can be hugely powerful but the other thing I would say, if you call that sort of instant encouragement, the other thing I'd say is we need more long term encouragement as well, we need a mix, we need a mix of both and um, I can remember that I went on a mission trip to Tenerife, which of course is a really lovely place to go on a mission trip to isn't it? and we were doing some work out there. I must have been about twenty-three. I was fairly arrogant, uh, twenty-three-year-old who thought you knew everything. Um, and I went out there. and We did some work with the nightclubs, and the, there's a lot of English young people who go over there to escape from England to work with the nightclubs, seeing advertising, the clubs, handing out flyers, etc. And we were working with these guys who were um, out, at, sort of, you know, at, at two or three in the morning, early hours. But in between those times of actually being out there, we would go, because of course Tenerife, there's a lot of retired, older English people who go out there to live, and the church in Tenerife that we were working with was, was full of lots of older English people. And so in the evenings, before we went out later, we would, we would go for a meal at various houses. And I'm really sorry about this, but my attitude was, why why are we going to spend an evening with all these old people? Like, we're here. Sorry, I know it's not. I've changed. I've changed. Uh, but, but at the time, I just thought oh, this is so boring. Like, I'm here to speak to these young people about Jesus who are working in the nightclubs, and here I am having you know toed in a hole with so and so. And I'm like, oh. But you know, the guy who we went with, the guy who was leading it, he was probably in his mid forties. I started to see something about what he was doing at those times we'd be sitting at these old people 's house having a meal every night he was having significant conversations with the people he was sitting next to and it didn 't matter who he was sitting next to these people were not as i said young good looking cool these were just normal people and he He was giving of himself every night. He was listening to them, he was talking to them, he was asking them questions. He was investing, no matter who he was. He had made the decision, no matter who he was with, if it wasn't really the people he he was particularly choose to be with, he was going to invest in whoever he was sitting next to and i just watched night after night there'd be people crying telling them his whole stories he'd be praying for them and all we're doing is eating this toad in the hole and I'm thinking well, I want to get out of here as quickly as possible and this guy's investing bringing the kingdom of God around the meal table to whoever at Joe blogs he's sitting next to and it made such an impact on me because he encouraged those people by investing in them and giving of himself and listening and not saying I'm only going to do it for certain people he, whoever it was he gave himself to them Um, I saw a tweet online this week from Joel Osteen which said this, I thought it tied in it says the truth is everybody needs encouragement everybody needs somebody cheering them on everybody that sees the best, someone that sees the best you can be that person for the people in your life so I'd really encourage you, look out for the weak and the disheartened and encourage them and that could be anything, couldn't it? But we don't want to just be encouraging people to to be nice, do we? We want to be encouraging people to love God, to go after prayer, to enjoy reading their Bibles, to know Jesus, to stop trusting in money, to persevere in tough times, to serve the poor more sacrificially to give God everything we've got these are the things as a church we want to be encouraging people into not just oh you had your hair cut that looks nice I mean that is a good thing to do isn't it but we want to be doing more than that we want to say come on let's go after Jesus with everything he is the best thing going he is God go after him with all you've got now one more thing before we close we're going to skip over those verses 16 to um, 22 I don't really want to because they're so lovely um but we're going to because of time. And the last thing I want to say is this, verses 23 to 24. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Now what would it mean and what would it feel like for you to hear God's encouragement to you? What would God say to you to encourage you? What could God do to encourage you? Because this isn't, this isn't, as I said, this isn't just a sort of self-help talk about being nice. Um, this is God doing stuff for us that we're incapable of doing for ourselves. This is about God and him doing it. I love this bit. It finishes, doesn't it, says, and He, he will do it. God will do it. And some of us may feel pretty weak um, and discouraged. Um, but I know that God would say to us, You're my son, you're my daughter, and you are loved. I see your weaknesses, and they don't put me off. My plans for you haven't changed, and I am with you. I have a way through the issues you are facing and be encouraged. For if God is for us, nothing could be against us. Okay, let's pray. Why don't the band um, come up as well? Let's let's pray. Why do we stand? Can we stand? Is that all right? And we'll stand as we pray. And so maybe there's some things there you need to respond to. Maybe there is bitterness towards. Leaders, and today is the day to let go of that. And maybe you're feeling weak or maybe you just need to hear God's encouragement. Let's pray. I'll hand over to Mark. Father, you know where we're at. Come by your spirit. Come by your spirit. Do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Come and encourage the weak. Come and strengthen us, Lord. Just encourage you to respond. If you want to come to the front and respond, great. If you just need to respond where you're at, then that's absolutely fine as well. Just begin welcoming what God wants to do in you